a Radio 191 FM podcast. An article published in Science two weeks ago has alleged that a number of papers associated with the discovery of an Alzheimer's disease-related protein contain tampered images. A six-month investigation by Science, prompted by the concerns of Vanderbilt University neuroscientist Dr Matthew Shrug, found that over 200 images have been doctored in papers about amyloid beta protein 56 and potentially have misdirected Alzheimer's research since its discovery. Here to speak with us about the impact of this discovery is Professor Cliff Abraham of the University of Otago's Department of Psychology. Kia ora, Cliff. Kia ora. Amyloid beta-56 was discovered by Dr. Sylvain Lesney, Dr. Karen Ash, and their team at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities in 2006. Can you tell us about what they discovered and why it was important? Yes, sure. Um, so one of the, the key um, uh, pathologies in the brain of people with Alzheimer's disease was the accumulation of insoluble proteins, in particular one that's called beta amyloid. And that's been, that was discovered quite a long time ago. Um, and in the, in the interim, it's, it's been realized that actually this, uh, this insoluble plaques, as they're called, um, does cause some uh, disruption of the brain. But more importantly, um, when the, when the uh, plaques are just forming into kind of aggregates of this uh, amyloid beta peptide, that those, those small aggregates are actually more toxic than the plaques themselves. And these researchers uh, reported that a particular version of these um, soluble small aggregates um, is, the, is the particular cause for Alzheimer's disease. So they've studied a, a lot about this particular version of what is called an oligomeric amyloid beta peptide. If these allegations are founded, this represents a significant flaw to the scientific process. How serious is scientific fraud, and how does the scientific community address it? Well, um, of course, there's a lot of trust out there in the in the process of uh, both uh, running experiments and analyzing the data and reporting it in uh, published papers, which, of course, goes out to peer review, and people are meant to be uh, kind of on, on the... Um, on the lookout for any possible fraud. But this is um, extremely difficult to, uh, to detect in many cases, uh, particularly if people are being clever. And in these particular cases that have been brought to light, um, it's, it's really about um, um, uh, altering uh, digital images of some of their data, uh, which, can, which can be also very difficult to, to detect. So um, we don't really think that the, that scientific fraud in, in neuroscience or any other area is that common, but it, of course uh, there are people involved and it's, there's always the temptation to do this and uh, it takes whistleblowers like the ones that you've been talking about to kind of bring some of these to light in many cases. How will research into Alzheimer's disease be impacted by these findings, both here at Otago and internationally? To be honest, I don't think there's going to be a great impact. Um, Nobody else uh, has really been studying this particular version of the amyloid beta peptide and how it aggregates. Um, there's, there's lots and lots of other data saying that um, various types of these aggregates are toxic and, uh, and you know, are a very good target for um, uh, therapeutic strategies. So um, that work is still going to go on. Um, here at Otago, um, we, there is some work going on using these amyloid beta peptides, but the therapeutic strategies that people are working on um, aren't, to my knowledge, directly targeting 
reducing the, the, the numbers or amount of these uh, peptides, but kind of work, doing workarounds to find alternative strategies that might have that effect but might have other effects as well um, on, on the disease process. So I, I, I don't think there'll be any, any uh, effect on what's going on here for research at Otago. And really internationally, people are still going to be actively pursuing uh, strategies that reduce um, the plaque formation in Alzheimer's brains. Kind of building on that for a second there, uh, because amyloid beta and, and, and through, through case examples has kind of become a part of instruction in neuroscience. Will teaching be impacted in any significant way? Well, uh, it would be a useful case study in scientific fraud and image um, image manipulation. So that that might uh, might come through in teaching, uh, and certainly we talk about it in our labs with our lab groups. Um, in terms of undergraduate teaching, I think the the basic premises are um, are still going to be um, brought forward that amyloid beta accumulation into plaques is part of the disease process. There's, there are other things that are going on as well in terms of Alzheimer's disease, and I think more and more people are aware here at Otago and elsewhere that, that there's other changes in the brain that either come before the plaques or after the plaques that, that are also um, targets that could be used for um, you know, th- therapies that we might develop. So I, I, I think that those same stories still hold, and those are the, those, that's the information that will be given to undergraduates and, and postgraduates. Um, but um, I think people become more and more mindful um, that, um, you know, one type of scientific fraud, digital manipulations, is something to, to keep a very careful eye on. What are, the, what are the next steps for the scientific community? Can we, will, will a lot of the focus be about how we engage with people who might, have, who might be uh, disenfranchised with these allegations? Um, so who, who do you mean might be disenfranchised? As, as in pe- people who are, we, we're talking about, we're already in a time where trust in science, as we've seen with the COVID-19 pandemic, is, is relatively low, uh, given where it has been over, over the last few years. Are people who are affected by, Al- by Alzheimer's disease and their families, um, are, they, are we likely to see any disenfranchisement with them about these kind of allegations? Look, I think that's, potentially the most serious impact of, of any scientific fraud in, 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 in this area with uh, Alzheimer's disease. Um, I mean, I, I would say that people are probably more mindful of uh, 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 science these days because of the development of vaccines for the pandemic. So in some ways, there's more trust. Um, and we really hate to see that erode uh, because of these, because uh, cases of uh, scientific fraud come out. I mean, it's it's terrible uh, for the scientific community, but uh, the, perhaps the worst thing is the potential for reducing uh, trust in in science. And uh, one of the one of the um, associated uh, cases of fraud that that um, you haven't even mentioned, but was discovered by the same whistleblowers, um, was um, was around the, the supporting data for a current clinical trial of a drug. So um, those cases haven't been. Uh, proven to be fraudulent, um, and in fact, even even the original cases we discussed um, that looks like fraud and it um, you know acts like fraud, but actually showing it is fraud is still uh, you know requires a lot more investigation. But uh, so people undergoing clinical trials might be undergoing them under false pretenses, you might say. 
So, um, so there are some significant potential impacts, and uh, we just have to, um, you know, to hope that um, it doesn't go too badly, the, the, the trials, and also that, um, you know, we still have quite legitimate trials, many other legitimate trials going on that um, will carry the day in the end. This was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.